Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Catherine Baer, and I am here with Gina Ferrari and Kristen Corona. Hi, ladies. Hey. Hi, Hi. everybody. Hey. So today I am very, um, I don't want to say excited, but I am looking forward to Mm -hmm. a meaningful conversation. Today we are going to be talking about the concept of deep calls to deep. Uh, right out of Psalm 42. It's actually Psalm 42, 7 that says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. And that's the NIV version. So I came across <clears throat> this when I was reading Psalm Psalms, and something just really spoke to me about the poetic way that deep calls to deep. And I felt uh, God nudging me to go deeper on this concept. And so I did. I uh, jumped into Google. I started uh, digging into just fun facts about deep calls to deep, right, to understand what it is. Um, It's a full disclosure. It's not something, anything that I've gone, you know, deep with, no pun intended, but haven't really gone deep with deep calls to deep. So I wanted to better understand it. And so what I found was that there are many songs and versions and this, uh, you know, there's even a particular hymn that exists. Uh, Matt Redman wrote a song called Deep Calls to Deep, which isn't bad. I actually really liked it. Um, Joni Erickson Tata, for you uh, ladies that know who she is, has a tremendous story. She's got a two-minute message. uh, Really, she's developed around perseverance and tying in Deep Calls to Deep. There's a Facebook group called Deep Calls to Deep. I found at the Virginia Theological Seminary, they even have something that encourages and strengthens nurturing or uh, working preachers. You know, it just goes on and on. Poetry book, a Bible study many, you know, many sermons, too many to count. So I thought to myself, there's something to this. There's something that we need to, to dig into. And so I kind of want to get your lady's take on it as we dive in. Uh, Really, like, what does that mean? And my understanding, and so I'd love to get your thoughts too, is that deep trials that we undergo and experience can lead to deep pain. Mm -hmm. And so, in fact, in Hebrew, the first deep actually can be translated into the deepest depths of the sea. So mm. when you think about the sea and you think about the sea floor, right? Let's say right. you sink all the way down to the sea floor. Uh, anybody who has studied uh, geography, is it? Oceano- oceanography. There we go. Oceanography. Uh, did not get an A in geography <laughs> or oceanography. Um, so, but if you think about the, the seafloor, you'll see that there are different, um, you know, depths of the seafloor, right? Yeah. Um, it's not even and, and one, um, one layer across. Um, in fact, my husband loves to watch a show where they will, by computer, take away the water. Yeah, and I don't know what it. that Super is. Super interesting. Yes. And you can see like just underneath and all the caves and whatever. So 
going back to our topic, so if you think about the first deep that it's referring to, and when you're going through a difficult trial and you know, symbolically, you are at the depth of your despair and the depth of the ocean, right? Um, you're on the seafloor. Um, it's really something where we would be feeling uh, really raw pain and anguish, mm-hmm. right? Like the kind where you can literally feel it in your chest, mm-hmm. um, when you feel it in your core, like that kind of pain. Um, it's something where you're having real mental, you know, mental or physical pain or suffering uh, that's going along with it. Also, um, if you think of the concept of weak, right? Mm-hmm. Weak, uh, no ability to stand up on your own, either physically or, or emotionally, like to just have that ability to stand up one more time, right? right? So so you're worn down to nothing from the fight or immense sorrow, right? Like tears that just don't stop flowing. Like you don't, you cannot make sense of this. You don't understand the why and the tears just keep coming. And so as a result, it's very dark. It's a very dark place uh, in this depth, this seafloor, right? It's inability and no desire to move forward. So you're stuck by theory. Right. We've talked about being stagnant uh, before. Depleted. To me, I interpret that to mean at the end of yourself, you are just depleted, nothing left to give and overwhelmed. So by, you know, you're overwhelmed just by sim- the simplest things, the day ahead, or in some cases, even the hour ahead, the next hour. And so if you go back to this psalmist and, and how they're saying it, it is deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls and all your waves and breakers have swept over me. So it paints this picture of someone in the ocean, right? And just mm-hmm. a swell of waves just yeah. keep coming over you, right? Yeah. So here we've talked about the de- being at the depth of the seafloor, but another concept would be just being overwhelmed and overtaken mm. by things. And I think for anybody who has been in the ocean and, and swam out there. Oh, just think of body surfing. Oh, Just yeah. think of going out. And if you've body surfed before, you can just have a great ride out in the water and the next thing you know, you can get hit by a wave that yeah. takes you down to the bottom and you think you're not going to get back up and your knees Absolutely. are drug along the sand and it's so scary and you get up just to get hit by another wave Yeah, and you're right back down yes. and it's that scary feeling yeah. again. And yeah, so yeah. there is, it's different from being uh, in the depths of the ocean mm-hmm. where you can't even, there's no visibility right. and you can't see right. to being in the shallower water, but still just being beat up on. Yes. And fighting you know, for air. Fighting for air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I was thinking about this concept, that's exact, exactly what I was envisioning is just being in the ocean, trying to swim and just getting hit by wave after wave mm-hmm. after wave. And it's actually the reason I don't body surf anymore because you have a couple bad experiences with that and it's just not worth it. But there is that feeling of I can't, I can't breathe. I can't take it anymore. And just when you feel like you're grasping for air, you get smacked Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to mention, this makes me think of one of my biggest fears in premonitions 
is tsunamis. And my husband kind of gives me a hard time about it because he always tells people. I think about that too. (laughs) Kristen's scared of tsunamis. And I'm like, okay, for the record, everybody's scared of tsunamis. Do you know someone who's like, no, I'm fine with those. But it's that same concept of this ginormous wave that's coming and you have nowhere to go. And you do. You feel like you're going to die. You feel like you can't save yourself. Nobody else can help you. You feel alone, Mm -hmm. very much alone. Mm And you feel like you just, when you can't take any more, you get smacked again. That's right. And you know, Kristen, with the tsunami, as powerful as that wave is coming in, it's in the, when the wave goes back out, that most of the damage is done. There's no, there's no where you can hide if you're caught in that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's so powerful and it's pull back, pulling you right back down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a scary thought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't experienced that here, but when they had that terrible tsunami yeah. years ago, it was the first time I'd ever visually seen that, and it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, those people, yeah. I mean, you just don't realize. I mean, we know the ocean is powerful. Right. But yeah. just how powerful yeah. it is. Yeah. So true. And Something when you so beautiful it, could do so oh, much damage. Mm-hmm. 100%. And when you you equate it to trials and suffering and hardships that we undergo in our journey, uh, I don't know about you all, but when I'm out there and I'm gauging the next wave or the next swell coming, or you're being pummeled, right, Mm -hmm, wave mm -hmm. after wave, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just thinking about how to survive and get through it. Yeah. And so everything else in your life just fades to black, Yeah, you know? But, you know, it's even, look at the disciples when they were in the boat Mm. with Jesus, the Son of God, and they were scared to death, and they did not think that they were going to make it. And Jesus is just asleep, you know? He knows he's got the power to calm the waves, but they don't know that, Mm -hmm. you know? And going down to, to wake him up, and then for him to speak, and everything calmed down. I think it was a really powerful time for them to actually come to the realization of he just spoke and the waves, and the stopped. waves stopped. Yeah. The storm ended right. by his voice. That's right. That kind of power. You know what I mean? So you know that, what's crazy about that? As I was listening to this sermon yesterday about Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how God has control over the waves that crashed into the boat and caused them ultimately to throw Jonah overboard, right? Right. And God had control over the big fish or the whale, right, right to come and, and take up Jonah. But what he did not have control over, and by God's own design, was Jonah's decision. And so when we're being pummeled and we're going through all of that, you think, what is our decision going to be? Is mm-hmm. it going to be to focus on God to move forward, or is it going to be on our own just survival, which is understandable in that mm-hmm. time, just trying to get through it? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be to sink deeper, mm-hmm. you know, to in our own, or even our yeah. own self pity and mm-hmm. woe is me, which, hey, I have been guilty of, yeah. full disclosure, oh, yeah. right? Sure. Um, can't take another day of this. Um, but the point is, is we have that decision that mm-hmm. that resides within us. And so when I think about deep calls to deep, right, that there's there's an action there. It's it's our in our depth and pain and suffering, we are calling to God. We've made that decision to call to the other deep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that other deep 
is what I wanted to look at next. Uh-huh. And that other deep, if you think about uh, where we are in our deep, that first deep, that is speaking to depth as in the opposite of height, right? The ocean floor. God's deep, as we're calling out to deep, calls to deep. The other deep is God as in his character, as in the opposite of shallow. He's deep. He possesses whatever it is that we need to be remedied, to be fixed, to move forward, to be healed, right? So our depth of pain and despair calls to his deep, his ability to remedy. And so that to me is the most poetic and beautiful thing when I read that. And when I started researching that, it just spoke volumes. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Matt Redman's song as well. Deep calls to deep. I'm a big Matt Redman fan. Oh, you are. I love his music. Uh I actually had not heard that song though, so it was really good. But there was something that I highlighted that he said in that song that refers to what you're speaking about, and he says, "I need to find that place again." So good. And I think that's what you're referring to is, so if we go back to that metaphor of being in the ocean and getting pummeled by the waves, you're just so desperately trying to find that place of calmness again, because you know what that felt like. Mm -hmm. And maybe you didn't realize when you were in it, how nice it was Mm -hmm. and how privileged you were to be feeling that way until you didn't have it anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. But I think that that speaks to your choice. Like I need to find that place again. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. And, you know, when you, we, we strive for things to be calm and under our control, which is an illusion. And we strive for that, right? Security and all of this stuff. And yet when I think back to, truly those deep, deep places. And when God meets you there, there is just a sense of peace and calm and, you know, like that place, right? That place of being in the midst of a storm and deep pain and God's deep meets you there, that it just provides something that no other place does. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There is no other person uh, or thing that can meet us in that depth. It's only God who has is the creator of all things that knows all things about us to know exactly how to meet us in that depth of pain. I mean, only God, you know, and how long it takes us is the action part to call out to that deep. That's right. To that one who yep. can go that deep. Yep. You know? Our choice. Our choice. Yep. Sometimes I just waller around in yeah. the deep, you know? Well, so I was She's got your question. scuba gear. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask the question. So why do we not get there sooner? Mm. Yeah. Great question. Well, sometimes pride's involved in it. You know, when we want to be able to fix something on our own, control something, um, not admit sometimes that things are as bad as they are, um, minimize it. Those are just some things that come to my mind as um, I got this, you know, I can figure this out. And um, sometimes, I mean, it has been for me that it sometimes it's been in where I'm so deep I know that I know that I know there is no getting out of this depth. I've got to call to God. And sometimes it it took me 
to get all the way to the bottom of that ocean where I could see nothing, do nothing before I called out. And certainly now the goal in my life is to not ever get that deep again, to not ever have to call out in the depths of everything, but to to just walk in his presence, to be in his presence. And when I feel myself slipping, immediately calling out to him, taking that action, you know, right off so that I don't end up back. Like like he was saying in the song, I got to get back to that. You know, don't get so far away from it that you get down there again. But I, I think it's a great thing to think about and talk about, Kristen, is what, why, do, why do we waller around in it? Why do we take our time sometimes in slipping deeper and deeper into our pain. I know in my case, um, the longer the trial goes on, mm-hmm. you know, we have to recognize that there's damage that's done from that trial. And the damage can take different forms. Um, it can take a toll on our bodies. It can take a toll on our minds and our mental outlook. And it can take a toll on our spiritual outlook as yeah. well. And I think if we stay in that place long enough, Mm -hmm. it will get to a place where we start to question and doubt God's willingness to come and rescue. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's just, he, this is how it's supposed to be. Or maybe even our worthiness Mm -hmm. of him coming to save us. Right. Yeah. And so you start to think, can I take that rejection? Mm-hmm. On top of everything else, right. to pray to God and have Him not meet me there. Yeah. And again, this is speaking out of a place of pain, mm-hmm. and we're not in our logical Sunday best, right? right? Like this is real raw emotion that we're feeling and uh, experiencing. So, you know, I think that will allow us and keep us there in that place longer. And you could say that's our choice, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I think it's just, we're just so worn down from the fight that to do that, it's, it's like a rescue is in order Mm -hmm. and it's God's, we need God to step in. It's like the Holy Spirit will pray for us. Uh, what verse is that that talks about it'll even like groan right on our the, behalf? Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's in that, in those moments of our darkest pain, the depths of our despair, mm-hmm. that if we can't do it for ourselves, then please, God, have the Holy Spirit pray for us on our behalf for a rescue to yeah, come intervene in and rescue us. And yes. intercede on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah. I think time in these situations is very relative, right? I mean, if you've ever felt like you were drowning before, like I'll be honest, my first reaction is not, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to be calm. Yeah. I'm going to pray yeah. to God to help me. Yeah. I Like I panic and I'm just <laughs> treading water, right. but not really right. treading water, trying to swim. Yes, trying to and later. I'm not thinking about anything yeah. other than surviving. Yes. I just have to survive. Your next breath. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, the longer you're in that trial, tribulation, the the harder it is. And you do get to a point where you're praying. You're more desperate at that point in time. Like, yeah. I've tried what I can do. 
And now I'm floating and I'm accepting that I might die soon. So kind of as a last ditch effort, like, could you help me out? Could right. you like throw me a bone? Yeah, yeah. And I think- Or a life raft. <laughs> yeah, like throw me something that'll save me. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's how we react to real life trials in our life too. Yeah. I know for myself, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about perseverance. We talk a lot about courage And when you're in a situation where you are feeling like you're getting hit with a wave, my initial reaction is to fight. Mm -hmm. Fight back, be tough, be strong, figure it out. Yeah. Right? Like you can do this. You've done it your whole life. And that is where I typically go first is to be strong. Mm Mm-hmm. And get over this as soon as you can and move on and be grateful for whatever you have. Yeah. Interesting that we want to rely on our own strength as if it's a negative to not, you know, because I identify with that. I do that too. And when I struggle in life, it's something where I go in my head and figure it out. In fact, I took a personality test recently and it identified me as an introvert. And I was like, no, that's wrong. I'm an extrovert. And then when it was explained to me, do you seek out large crowds? Mm, no, I hate <laughs> Like all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I am an introvert. So how well do I know myself? Apparently still learning. So, you know, it's, that's one thing that I do. That I go in my own head and I try to solve it myself. And instead, like, why not the creation seek out the creator that made me and knows all things, right? Omnipresent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, omniscient, you know. So why do, why do we wait on that? Why do we want to depend on ourselves that are broken and tired instead of? And that's a great question, I think, mm-hmm. Kristen, for us to look at. Yeah. I don't think there's a person out there that hasn't experienced that, you know, on some level uh, or many times or, you know, flailing around out there on their own, trying to figure it out, you know, and in pain and not knowing how to get out of it and feeling alone in it. It's a real relatable topic for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think once we get to that place of calling to God, Mm -hmm. however we get there, maybe we have to exhaust ourselves first and exhaust our efforts, but eventually we get to that place. And I I do think it's by design. God knows what it's going to take, how much heat we're going to require to get to that place where we call and depend on him. And so looking at that and seeing the different things that we talked about, like anguish and pain, deep suffering... Right. With each of those things, there is a promise that God makes that he will meet us in that. And so, for example, if we look at, say, raw pain and anguish, right, feel it in the pit of your stomach and in your chest. Uh, Psalm 34, 18 says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So looking at that, he's close to us and he saves us. That's his promise. And if you look at like being weak, which I certainly identify with, so no ability to stand up on your own or continue swimming, fighting the waves, right? Mm -hmm. Worn down to nothing from the fight. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. And I love this. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you 
with my righteous right hand. So if you can't stand up on your own, he will hold us up, right? Uh, intense or immense sorrow, tears that don't stop flowing. Psalm 126.5 says, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. I love that. So what we go into with crying, mm -hmm. we will reap and come out of with joy, which is mm -hmm. so, so powerful. Another promise yeah. that he makes. How about very dark, inability and no desire to move forward? Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So when we think we can't move forward or go on, mm -hmm. he's already ahead of us, paving the way and leading us. Um, so again, he will be with us. Uh, depleted. Now I relate to this one at the end of myself, because at the end of myself is, you know, where God begins, where I end, he begins. So oftentimes he will take me through that long, painful journey to find the end of myself. And with that, he says in Matthew 11, 28, 30, 28 to 30, come to me, all who you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So stop fighting the waves. Stop depending on yourself. Come to me. You will find rest. Um, and then the last one is overwhelmed by the day ahead, which we talked about, or even by the hour, right? Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So when we're overwhelmed, don't know how to progress, he provides instruction. So to me, when I looked at this, I thought at every point, at every excuse, with every, you know, challenge that we have, he's met us. It's like, you know, sales. Like I know you're in sales, Kristen. You said, so for every objection, right, there's, <laughs> there's an answer for that. And it's kind of like, well, these are our objections to the sales. And God's like, nope, got that one. Got it. You know, got a promise for that one. So looking at that, I mean, for you guys and, and your stories and, and struggles, is there any one point that you're like, yeah, I kind of identify with that one or this one resonates? I think the raw pain and anguish really resonates with me and the very dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about this on prior podcasts as well, but I, you know, you two came into my life when I was at, I thought was the darkest point. Yeah. But since then I've maybe gone a little bit deeper, deeper on the ocean floor, deeper, I'm deeper on the ocean floor yep. And it's been just this struggle with infertility. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people out there who can relate because actually the more I talk about it, which I don't love to do, yeah, I'm actually finding out that more and more people have gone through something really similar. Totally. And for me, I look back at the last couple of years and it is very much correlated to what we were speaking about when you're drowning in the ocean. Like just when you think things can't get any worse, they get a little bit worse or they get a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And we've gone from having, you know, one miscarriage to multiple miscarriages and it's been really challenging. And there's definitely been days where I've felt no desire to move forward. 
I felt at the end of myself, similar to how you felt, Catherine, yep. and completely overwhelmed. And I've felt feelings I never would have thought I would feel. I think people that know me in my life feel like I'm a pretty optimistic person. Right. And whether it's through sports growing up, it was always a big thing in my family. My dad's like, you know, win or lose this weekend, you still got to go to school on Monday. <laughs> and so <laughs> there was very much thanks, that like, dad. yeah, thanks, dad. Yeah. Like staying even keeled, right? Celebrate the wins. Don't get too down on the losses, but get back to a place of, I guess the way I look at it in my head is gratitude Yeah, and don't feel sorry for yourself. And what you think is worse, other people have problems too and other yeah. people are going through things and you're no different, right? Everybody struggles with something. But I've also found that not living in that and really feeling all of the emotions doesn't allow me to then come out of it in a better spot, to your point. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at, I think something that's hard that you said about promises is we live in a world where promises are just broken so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. It's hard when you're reading the Bible and you read about God's promises to not kind of question it and be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Or when he says, I'll never forsake you, and yet you've felt forsaken before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to feel the way that they talk about it in Psalms 126.5, to your point. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. I can get good with that and believe that for a couple weeks. But then when something happens, right, we go through another round of IVF and it doesn't work, then I'm right back to the tears that don't stop flowing. Yep. And so it's like that cycle of feeling like you're maybe on a hamster wheel and you're just tired. Yeah. 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 And you want to have hope that you'll get off of it or something positive is going to happen. But when you're out there at sea for a long time – there's no raft. Your arms are getting tired. It's hard. It's so it's really hard. hard. It's so hard. And it's like the saying, you know, in certain situations, um, you know, where you keep hitting a wall, you know, and the saying is, you know, well, if you keep hitting a wall, then turn right, right? Like go a different direction. But what if you don't know how to turn right? What if all you know how to do is to keep hitting this wall? Mm-hmm. And you're praying for direction. You're praying for insight. You're praying and you for think you're just what trying to move right, forward, right? You're just trying yeah. to move forward, but it's the wall. It's the, the wall. wall that you just keep hitting. Yeah. It's like, okay, God, am turn? I supposed to go a different direction? Yeah. So, you know, when deep calls to deep, I'm thinking, could that also mean I'm open to change? I just need to know what change looks like, yeah. you know? And maybe it is a change of behavior. Maybe it's a change of a job. Maybe it's a change of an attitude towards something. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's a change of acceptance. Like, you know what, God, I don't know why this is happening to me, but I will accept it nonetheless. And maybe that's what turning right looks like, you know, just, yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever thought about that? that, Yeah. yeah. And I also think 
I struggle with trying to control things. So in your like going through the wall versus maybe take a right, maybe get a ladder, maybe you can go over the wall. Right. Yeah. Have you seen a ladder around? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I often get confused and I think get stuck in is this me trying to control this? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or is this, I've even thought that way about IVF, to be honest with you. Like, it was a hard thing for my husband and I to figure out, like, do we do IVF? That seems like the ultimate controlling of this process. (laughs) There's nothing more regimented. And even that is hard. But when you go for a long time trying to conceive and you can't, that was our hooker right. Maybe maybe the plan looks different. Or maybe it is adoption at some point. Or e- all these things come to your head. And it's a, I struggle with, is this God's plan or is this me trying to make it my plan? Oh, my gosh. So I when you're saying, so like, okay, do we switch gears and, and not do IVF and maybe let's look at adoption. What you're saying, Kristen, is that then you are wondering, is that God influencing me, God speaking, telling me to go right or am I saying, well, let's try this yeah. um, and trying to figure out which that is. Mm-hmm. God, that's really, that's, that's tough. Deep. That and is yeah. deep. That's yeah. deep. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's so true. And, and that could spin off into a whole conversation about clari- you know, clarification on God's will and, you know, just understanding what direction you're supposed to go. And so, and you know what? I believe God will address that and he will answer us. If we honestly seek God, he will be found. And I think with that, his will will be found, you know, Mm -hmm. and nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And, and so as we seek that out, there's peace in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, sometimes I think we stay in this state of confusion that just whirls around our head and we can't make heads or tails of it and it paralyzes us Mm, and we do the last thing that we know how to do which is the same thing we did yesterday and will likely do tomorrow and yet we're not moving forward and it just keeps us in this place yeah and so I wonder if God isn't allowing these hardships to occur in an effort to push us out of this place like to get to that place of I can't do one more day I turn like it over. a complete surrender yes but what if as much as she wants a child and for all the other women out there listening that have oh, had the same struggle yes and I know so many people that have had the same struggle uh you know when it says you know delight yourself in the ways of the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart and you're like the desire of my heart is to have a child but what if complete surrender means saying if i never have a child ugh, the thing you want the most to be to that point to say if that's truly your will there is a reason for it and i'll embrace that that's a, a really really tough place to come to, Mm -hmm. you know, on a totally different note, but being single and being single for 23 years and so had the desire of my heart to not be, you know, to have a partner, to have someone to go through life with, having a lot of love to give and finally coming to the point after 23 years of genuinely being able to say, I am okay with being single because clearly that hasn't been a yes for me god hasn't brought that into my life so coming to that point that was not an easy place to come to either on a totally different level but saying for me it was 
okay. If that's not what you want, it's not because you're withholding something good from me. It's because you're protecting me from something um, that I'm not aware of. And as long, Lord Jesus, as you feel that void in my life with something that feels purposeful, I can go all in with this. But I think just it's mm. such a tough thing, yeah, such a really tough hard. thing. I've actually never even, until you just said it, thought that withholding might be the plan. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I've always tried to reconcile with, okay, this is teaching me something. What am I learning? What is this teaching me about my marriage? What is mm -hmm. this teaching me about me controlling everything? What is this, like, take the lesson, take the lesson, with the hope of we will have a child one day how we get that child looks like it's going to be different than what I thought, but I have hope in mm -hmm. getting there eventually. Right. I've never even considered that the plan might be to not, which is also a really interesting thing just to contemplate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think of that as like a sacrificial praise. Yeah. You know, you are praising God and accepting it, but there is a sacrifice. So mm -hmm. You're giving up your will and desire um, for whatever that may be and whatever that looks like, but knowing that God will use that to shape and mold you, and in the end, God will not be in our debt, you know, just won't. He's not going to take something, I believe, from us that he won't produce in another form. Absolutely, yeah. and even better. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if it is his will, then he only wants our highest good. Right. So we're holding on to the hope of something that he might have something so much bigger and better for us but we're not experiencing that or even asking for that because we our heart is so set on what we want, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's right. So what would you ladies say to um, the women at home that are listening and the guys too, right, that yeah. might be up against facing this and, and the, you know, deep calls to deep, right, mm -hmm. in their depth? What would you say to them as as we close today's topic and we think about, you know, how we sometimes will stay out at sea for longer than we need to, or we struggle with figuring out what's next and how to turn right, um, you know, what, or even sacrificial praise, you know, right. and what that looks like. So what would you guys say as a form of encouragement for those of us that are out there that are really struggling in that deep, you know, deep place? Yeah, I think the deep calls to deep could be either us calling to God or God calling out to mm, us. That's good. Hear my voice, see me, come to me, turn to me. Um, as long He's going to meet us where we are. And I think that wherever you are, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up about being where you are. Accept where you are and know that the answer is there and it's in God. He is our hope. He is our healer. He's our deliverer. He's the one who is going to be the holder of our heart and the lifter of our head. So even if it, it wherever you are, except you're there and know that the sooner you call out to God or listen to him calling out to you, 
the sooner you'll find hope mm -hmm. and feel more hopeful. That's right. See that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That that would probably be my my advice. Mm. What about you, Kristen? I think mostly about embracing the journey as hard as it can be. Not enjoying the pain and not getting to a place where you are okay with it, but recognizing that it's a part of something bigger and that I'm right where I need to be. Yeah. And, you know, I feel really grateful that I haven't lived in shame too much throughout this process for whatever reason I didn't really live in a place of what's wrong with me why can't I do this and that's pretty common in that situation very right very yeah. common yeah. yeah and I think that can be really tough I I go more I'm impatient so yeah. it's more of like well let's just solve this quickly. do you feel guilty ever I don't feel guilty I feel angry. Mm -hmm. I feel resentful. Mm -hmm. I confused. feel confused. I, I look back at everything I've done in my life, every sin that I'm aware of or that I remember. I think back to all I put my parents through when I was in high school and I'm like, gosh, this is, I didn't think I was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom might disagree, but so I, I, I try and rationalize like, mm -hmm. why does this make sense? Like, mm -hmm. It's, you know, you do the crime, you pay the time. Yeah. How many crimes equal where I'm at? Like, right. I, that's where I go. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. analytical and impatient about wanting to fix it. Yeah. And that, though, all of those, the questioning, the, the discouragement, the what did I do to deserve this, all of those things are a tool of the evil one. Mm -hmm. all, none of those things. There is no condemnation in Christ. He is never going to do that. So we have to remember, too, when we're feeling those things, we all, all of those things, we've all felt those things. We, we are confused. We don't know which way to turn. We, we feel stuck or resentful, all those things, but just to remember that the negative, that is never coming from God. He, he says, dwell on the things that are good and beautiful and lovely and kind, and those are the things that he is. And so mm -hmm. switching gears and looking mm -hmm. at, at, through, at things through a different lens is helpful, I'm sure. Yeah, I've never wrestled with my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, my faith, like I have the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between when you're standing at shore looking at the ocean mm -hmm. and when you're standing and the water's up to your knees. Mm -hmm. All of these things are things you know. Right. I know if I go out further, I might not be able to swim. I know if I go out further, I might get hit by a wave. I know that I might go through hard times and I'm going to really need to lean on God. I know that I'm going to go through a time where I really have to persevere. Yeah. All of these things make a lot of sense until you're drowning. Right. Well, right. and what you just described <clears throat> is like the longest journey, faith journey is from your head to your heart. Mm -hmm. And so what you just described, we're all head knowledge. I know, I know, I know, I know. But then you're in it and then it becomes a heart issue. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And that's where I think God does his best work mm -hmm. is when it's like um, 
you know, that quote that God whispers to us in our pleasure, but shouts to us in our pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in those moments where he does his best work and he's, you know, working in our hearts. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that's such a good point because if you look back on all of your greatest memories or we always talk at work about these marker events, what were your marker events in your life? Most of the time they're marker events because they triggered some sort of emotion from you that maybe you hadn't felt before, like on your wedding day mm-hmm. or when someone disappoints you or when you lose someone that you care about. Mm-hmm. Those aren't really logical brain related type things. Those That's trigger right. a very heavy emotional response. And I think that when you're going through these tough times, that's that's what it's doing. It's working the heart more so than anything else. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And The other thing I think that's key is we are so programmed to look back and yet God looks forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's interesting that he meets us in our place and where our eyes are fixed on or where we are coming from or what just happened. Mm -hmm. And he's focused looking the other way. Mm -hmm. And so I think when part of us, we surrender and we just lay that down in my mind, that's like, okay, God, I am going to let go of what has happened up to this point, and I'm going to trust you moving forward, right? And so when we think of the depth of God's everything, you know, I think it should make that easier all the way around to just trust and Yeah, and, and to truly start to believe that deep calls to deep. That mm-hmm. no matter how deep you're in, God's right there. Yeah. He's yeah. right there with us. Yeah. And that nothing but God can match the pain and exactly. be a fix for it. Mm-hmm. We'll try, right? We'll try right. everything first right. sometimes. <laughs> but it's the just. The answer is always. It's always. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you so much, ladies, for such a fruitful conversation. And I know that it has spoken to my soul and just my heart today. And I just want to thank you for that. And I hope that it has blessed all of you uh, at home listening. And uh, we hope that you will tune in again soon. We're going to have some great topics coming up. So thanks for your time, attention, and what, Gina? Check out Rebounding Faith on (laughs) on all social media. Yep. Thank you and have a rebounding week. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.